Thank you for tuning in with us at Bayou City Fellowship Tomball, a community that's radically focused on Jesus. Join us as we continue our study through the book of Acts, Luke's account of how the Holy Spirit breathed life into and empowered the early church to fulfill the Great Commission after Jesus' passion. Well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, it's great to be with you all today. Uh, my name is Cole Ellerbrock. I'm the community groups director here on staff. Uh, my wife, Alyssa, and I, we have been a part of this community for about five months now. And uh, we got to say, it's just been a real joy uh, to be a part of the BCF family. Uh, we've just found a great home here, and it's just been a joy. So I uh, hope you all had a great Christmas holiday and a happy new year. 2022, here we come, right? Ready or not, here we go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to the kids and students who are usually over in the kids' wing or in youth, it's great uh, that you're here with us today. Uh, we love having these family worship Sundays, and uh, it's great to have you guys here with us in the room. Uh, but I'm really excited for our learning time today because we are returning to the book of Acts. We took the past five weeks to focus in on the Advent season, and we're now jumping back into the book of Acts. And our passage today is a very powerful one, uh, because the work that was done in chapters 13 and 14 of Acts actually have a direct link uh, to you and I being believers today. And the principles that we're going to see lived out in this chapter, uh, I believe, can have an incredibly profound effect on our lives and can ultimately help us have a great 2022 as we live out uh, the ways of Jesus. So I'm going to read our passage for the morning, and then we'll pray and jump in. This is Acts chapter 13, starting in verse 1. It says, Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, yet Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting... The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. If you would join me in prayer. Father, we come to you today and are grateful uh, to hear from your word. We're grateful to gather as the family of God, uh, brothers and sisters united under the kingship of Christ. Uh, and right now, Lord, we uh, desire to learn from your word. I pray that you would make uh, the, this passage and the principles that we can learn from it uh, come alive in us and, and give us a burning passion for you uh, and for uh, the world that we are sent out to go love. God. So use this time, speak into our hearts, and it's in Jesus we pray, amen. Well, today's passage is about the first missionary journey of Paul and Barnabas. They're going to travel to various cities in different regions, and as they do so, they're going to experience some great moments. Now, uh, my wife and I, we also love to travel. Uh, we enjoy getting to venture to beautiful places like national parks where we can hike and enjoy beautiful scenery. Uh, we like going to new cities where we can enjoy great food and different cultures or uh, different activities that only certain cities can offer. Uh, but whenever we travel, one of the things that 
I get a little grief over and we joke about is that I am a notorious overpacker. Uh, I bring too much stuff. Every trip, doesn't matter if it's a one-night thing or a two-week trip, there's always too much. Some people uh, can pull off the real kind of minimalist approach and hop on a plane with the clothes on their back and just be great, but not me. Uh, I wish it weren't this way, uh, but whenever we're packing, I just feel this need to be prepared for every single scenario possible that we might face. Uh, So for example, last May, yeah, uh, for example, last May, uh, I took a parka to our Florida beach trip. Because uh, you never know when a cold front might blow through in Florida uh, in May. Uh, but I'm also extremely ambitious with all that I want to accomplish on a trip. I don't know if any of y'all deal with this as well. Uh, but I essentially pack as if on my vacation I'm going to read about two books a day, uh, exercise about every four hours, uh, change maybe six or so times per day, Uh, hike with hiking boots, walk with sandals, run with running shoes, and go dancing in cowboy boots. Because if there is a space to pack for it on vacation, I'm doing it. Every time. Uh, Now I bring up my habitual overpacking, because as we look at Paul's first missionary journey, we're going to see uh, what it was exactly that he took with him on this trip that God had called him to. Uh, Maybe not with physical items exactly, uh, but we're going to see exactly where his focus was along this journey. And the truth is, we are all on a journey, our own personal traveling, uh, if you will, as we go through life. And my hope for today is that as we understand uh, the two primary things that Paul traveled with, that we too could put these two things into our suitcase of life, so to speak. And if we do that, I believe like Paul does on this journey, we could travel through life with unshakable joy. Now to recap a bit of just kind of where we've been in Acts as we've taken a little bit of a break. Uh, If you recall, there's this verse really on in the book in chapter one that kind of gives an outline for the book as a whole. This is Acts one, verse eight. We'll have it on the screen. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This is Jesus speaking. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And what's neat about the book of Acts is it follows the sort of geographical advancement of this verse. What Jesus said here was actually going to happen in the days that followed. Uh, So early in the book, we see the Holy Spirit uh, come upon believers and they live these empowered lives of boldness and courage and they share the goodness of the gospel in Jerusalem. And then the next few chapters, it moves out to Judea and Samaria. And then in this spring, we're going to see the gospel influence grow larger and larger in more and more cities to the ends of the earth. Which brings us to chapter 13, where Paul and Barnabas are going to go on a mission trip. And it's essentially going to be a two-year journey where they're going to give up everything that they have uh, for the sake of preaching Christ and raising up uh, people in the faith and raising up new churches. Now, if you're like me, sometimes you read some things like this traveling missionary journey or some of the other miraculous moments that take place in the book of Acts and think, how does this apply to my life? 
It seems like they're just living in a completely different world than what I'm living in right now. I'm not traveling uh, on a missionary journey uh, at the moment. I'm not being, you know, experiencing physical persecution like we'll see they do. I'm not being forced to move, things like that. But how does two years of a traveling missionary journey affect just my day-to-day where I'm just trying to have some good relationships at work or I'm just trying to get a dinner on the table in time for my kids or I'm just trying to make sure that the bills get paid or I'm spending the day just trying to teach my son how to hit a baseball. Well, we may not be traveling missionaries right now, but we will see that these certain principles that Paul and Barnabas embodied can transform the way that we live here and now, no matter our context. And as we look at their travels, we're going to see that they're going to have some good days and some bad days. You know, they were regular guys who had their own uh, struggles and pains and joys as they went through life. But because of these two things that Paul traveled with in his suitcase, whether it was the good, the bad, or the in-between, Acts 13 says he was continually filled with joy. And I think we can have the same. So the first thing that Paul traveled with that I believe if we hone in on will lead to a great 2022 is the glory of Jesus. The glory of Jesus. Uh, The passage we read earlier, it showed that the Holy Spirit uh, was leading the church to send out Paul and Barnabas on this journey. And so they arrive in a place called Antioch in Turkey. And so they go to the Jewish synagogue. And when they get there, they're asked to share a word of encouragement with the group. And so Paul says this, This is Acts 13, starting in verse 26. He says, Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of this salvation. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, that's Jesus, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he appeared to those who had come with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we bring you the good news that what God promised to the fathers, this he has fulfilled to us, uh, their children, by raising Jesus. So let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by him everyone who believes is freed from everything which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Paul's focus being on the glory of Jesus and his gospel, he launches into uh, this, this teaching that the same God who this group had worshipped and who had been faithful to this group from the very beginning, that same God had brought to them a savior. Remember, he's talking to a group of Jews and is essentially telling them that all throughout their history, uh, all of God's works in the Old Testament from Genesis to Exodus into the promised land through the kings and prophets has now led up into this moment where a savior would willingly come and through his grace would give this group exactly what they needed. And he did so, Paul explains, by laying down his life, being one who was perfect and innocent, but who then rose from the dead in power so that all sin is completely forgiven. And the freedom, true freedom, that this group sought and that we all seek to could be found in relationship with him. 
And the beauty is that that same good news that Paul was offering to those Jews 2,000 years ago is offered to us today, in the present. It's offered to all people, no matter your past, no matter your culture, no matter if you've spent your whole life trying to be against God. He offers this gospel as a free gift, solely by his gracious heart, and all that you have to do is believe, to experience the freedom and the new life that can be found in being near to God. You could do that here today, actually. Uh, you know, we just received, or we just finished up this uh, Christmas season, kind of a time of gift giving and gift receiving, which is a very fun time. And if you're in a family where gift giving is a part of your tradition, uh, maybe you received some fun new things over this past week. Uh, but as you receive a gift, I want you to consider this question. What is one of the best things that you can do to thank the gift giver? It's to enjoy that gift, right? To wear that new sweater, to use that new pitching wedge you got on the golf course, to play with that new toy, to build that new Lego set. Enjoying it is often what puts a smile on the face of the giver. I remember when Alyssa and I were dating, it came time for our first Christmas together and we were going to exchange gifts. And of course, I was really nervous about what I was going to buy her because I wanted to nail it, right? You got one shot at this. And so I bought her this necklace and she opened it on Christmas and seemed to really enjoy it. But what made me the most proud was not just that she seemed excited when she opened it. Anyone can, you know, put on a happy face when they open a gift. But what made me most proud was when she wore it in the weeks and the months that followed. Because it made me so happy to see her actually enjoying that gift, And what can we do to honor the God who has given us the greatest gift the world has ever known? It's to enjoy, to fall in love with the person of Jesus Christ, to put our focus on him and live a life of celebration and joy and praise, just like a young kid on Christmas. I think what a great thing to focus on in 2022 to enjoy this beautiful gift of Jesus and his gospel where he graciously gave himself to us by grace through faith in him. Uh, The second thing that Paul traveled with on his journey was he focused on the needs of others. He focused on the needs of others. Uh, Paul and Barnabas, along their journeys, they traveled to a town called Lystra. And while they're there, Paul actually miraculously heals a man who had never walked before. It's this incredible moment. Uh, But as a result, the people of Lystra, uh, they mistook Paul and Barnabas for Greek gods. They said they were Zeus and Hermes. And instead of accepting their worship, what Paul and Barnabas do is they just start telling the crowds about Jesus, about the one true God. Uh, But similarly to a lot of the cities they face along this journey, uh, some people believe, and it's this amazing moment, but then some people are enraged. Let's read about uh, this this group that wasn't too happy with their preaching. This is Acts 14, starting in uh, verse 19. It says, But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up 
And he entered the city, and on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, and there they strengthened the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. So these Jews who are enraged at the gospel that Paul is preaching, they travel from various cities and meet him in a town called Lystra. And they're so upset with him that they choose to stone him. And so they do so, and it was so bad that they assumed that Paul was dead. Now, I read that and think about, you know, what I would do in this scenario. Paul has been nearly killed, and if I were him, I would imagine I'd be prone to think, let's just head on home. You know, man, this isn't worth it. Why don't I just worship Jesus in a way that's comfortable after all this? Maybe let's call this trip quits and try again later. But that's not Paul's response. He's so outwardly focused that immediately following being stoned to near death, he gets up and goes right back into that city where he was stoned. He was saying, hey, my work there is not finished. There's people that I have to teach about Jesus. There's disciples to raise up. There's churches to help grow. It's a remarkable response. And then after that, they move on to a few more towns, and then they make the return journey home. And as they return uh, home, they stop back at every city they traveled to on their outbound journey. They go back to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch. In other words, they go back to towns where there were large groups of people who hated them. But they go back there to encourage the believers, to help raise up disciples, and to challenge them to keep on this path of following Jesus. And this touches on a really key truth uh, that Scripture teaches us, which is that we experience joy in life to the full when we are focused on others. When we pour ourselves out for the good of other people and recognize that life is not about me, we start to make this earth look more like the kingdom of God. And what's remarkable about Paul and Barnabas here is that they don't just focus on others when it's convenient, right? It's not, they don't just serve those who are going to serve them in return. They're willing to step across social and cultural boundaries. They're willing to serve those who are different from them, even those who dislike them. That's the poured out life for the good of others, which is exactly the way that God has designed us to live. I want to take a moment to highlight something really incredible that's happening in the life of our church right now with some people who are really living out this idea. Uh, we've sent a team of church members over to Moldova for a week-long trip of serving others in the name of Jesus. Uh, we've got a picture up here of our team. Uh, this trip is being led by Jerry and Linda Gates, who many of you know. Uh, I asked Linda if she could send a message to me of just kind of a brief update of how their trip is going. And here's some of the highlights that she shared. Uh, so they, their team, they flew out on December 27th. And from the be very beginning, they saw the determination of the team and the care of the Lord. Uh, as their team, they had to stand in two plus hour long lines on Christmas morning to get COVID tests, uh, spend time away from their families to go do that uh, because they had to get these test results so that they could follow Moldovian travel guidelines. Uh, 
Uh, and then once they arrived in the country, what they've been doing is they've been traveling to various uh, churches that take care of orphans and disadvantaged kids who were facing homelessness around the country. And so at each stop along the way, they have gotten to share the Christmas story and a gospel presentation. And by my count from her message, uh, as of a couple days ago, they had shared the gospel with over 430 kids and 75 adults. Uh, Some of the team members there who sponsor children in Moldova got to meet their uh, children that they sponsor face-to-face. One of these, one of the things Linda highlighted is one of these children recently uh, lost a family member, unfortunately, and and someone from our church sponsors that child. And as they got to meet, she got to uh, be a voice of of compassion and care uh, and joy in the midst of sorrow. Uh, our team has also gotten to spend some time with a man named Pastor Alex, who uh, pastors in a small village in Moldova, and it's a church that we, uh, as Bayou City, actually directly support. And they've gotten to spend some time together encouraging one another and sharing exactly what God has done in their lives. One thing that uh, Linda has asked, actually, that uh, if you wouldn't mind praying for just over the next 24 hours, as they start to make their return journey, uh, they're all going to need negative COVID tests uh, to make the the travel back a lot easier. So if you uh, would pray for that over the next 24 hours or so, that would be great. But that's what a team from our church is doing right now. So let's give a round of applause uh, to them and to the Lord. Yeah, Really amazing stuff. You see, when we make our focus the glory of Jesus and his message and focus on the needs of others, we can accomplish great things. But what's remarkable is that making these two things our focus, it also produces something in us. God does great works in our hearts along the way. This missionary journey uh, teaches that by focusing on Christ and the needs of others, it can produce in us an unshakable joy, and endurance through trials. So what is produced in us is an unshakable joy. Uh, Throughout their travels, Paul and Barnabas, they really have some highs and some lows. It's interesting. Uh, Whenever they arrive in a new city, there's this a bit of a kind of cyclical nature to each city they travel to. What they do when they first arrive is they go to that city's synagogue on the Sabbath, and they'll spend some time teaching about how the Old Testament scriptures point to Jesus as the Savior. And then what happens is some people will believe and go all in in their commitment to Christ, Uh, but then seeing some of these new believers, some people get really upset. Some of the Jewish leaders get really jealous of this new Jesus movement. And so they stir up a crowd to hate these Christians, which essentially leads to Paul and Barnabas being driven out of that town and going on to the next one. So Paul experiences the good days of incredible ministry work, uh, but also some bad days where a mob turns on him or they face extreme physical harm. But yet, Acts 13.51 says this about our travelers. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them, and they went to Iconium. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Because their focus was on Jesus, they were able to experience the highs and the lows of ministry. They could experience joy that was unshakable. And the same can be true for us. 
in the highs of life, when we receive uh, accolades, maybe for performance at work or praise from another person or performance uh, or a good uh, performance in a game, something like that, our temptation can often be to say, hey, look at me. I'm amazing. This feels great and be filled with pride. But the example of Paul is that even in the highs of life, he's not just filled with this sort of sudden jolt of happiness that fades away, but he's filled with a lasting joy because even in the good, he turns his praise and his celebration outwardly. He turns it to God. But then even in the lows of life where Paul is being physically beaten or driven out of a city, it says that he shakes the dust off his feet and is filled with that same joy that's rooted in the joy of God because his focus is not on how difficult his circumstance is, but it's in the joy in looking to his God who he gets to serve. One theologian put it this way about Paul's joy and his contentment. He says, the secret of Paul's independence was his dependence upon another. His self-sufficiency in reality came from being in vital union with the one God who is all sufficient. The joy of the Christian is rooted and is based upon being connected to the God who is all-sufficient, who is all-loving, and who is the most joyful being in all of existence. Now, this doesn't mean, you know, that there isn't space to mourn or that you are completely just ignorant to adversity or the difficulties of life. Uh, If we just uh, ignore those hardships, uh, it's just sort of seeking escapism. But the unshakable joy that we can have as believers is to say that no matter what life throws at me, no matter good, no matter how bad, my joy can be solid and firm because I belong to another who holds my hope and holds my trust. So it produces in us an unshakable joy, but focusing on Christ and others, it also produces in us an endurance through trials. So while in Lystra, Paul was stoned, and even after this happens, we saw that he goes back to that city, and he goes there to preach Christ and help others. Now, why would he do this? Why would he be able to do this? Because Paul was so focused on his goal that whatever trial or whatever pain came, he could say, I can take it. I can push towards my goal. I can keep moving forward because my focus is not on my difficult circumstance. It's on my God. Uh, I was doing a little reading up on fighters who compete in boxing or MMA, those types of sports. And it's interesting when you learn about their training regiments and the journeys that they go on to become really great at their sport. And no matter how good of a boxer or fighter they are, At some point or another in their training, uh, they have a point where they set aside time to intentionally get punched in the face repeatedly, which sounds like a grand old time, if we're honest, right? Like, that's your job. Just get waylaid over and over. Now, if the idea in boxing is to not get hit, why would they do that? Well, the idea is that getting hit in this sport is inevitable. It's going to happen. It doesn't matter how quick you are. Uh, you, you, 
It doesn't matter how quick you are. It's going to happen to everyone. But by practicing getting hit, what you're doing is training yourself in how you respond to the punches. So that when it happens, when the pressure's on, you don't get frazzled, but you can keep your composure and stay in the game and keep moving forward towards your goal. Or in the famous words of Rocky Balboa, it's not about how hard you get hit, or it's not about how hard you can hit, it's about how hard, how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, right? Following Jesus, it's not easy. We follow him in the midst of a dark and messy world that throws us punches a lot. In our part of the world, uh, we may not experience physical persecution like Paul does, but we do all experience adversity. Maybe it could be the loss of a relationship because of your convictions as a Christian. Uh, or maybe for some of you students in the room, it's being left out of certain social circles uh, because of uh, your Christian morals. When adversity happens, remaining focused on the glory of Jesus, we can stand firm and we can take the punch and we can keep moving forward. Because in that moment, we know that God sees us and that he cares for us and we can have hope in him and what he is doing. And as he gets bigger and bigger in our lives, our life circumstances can seem a little bit smaller in light of him. All right. Now, as we start to close, I have two final questions for us today. The first of this, and I think it's a good question to consider uh, at the start of 2022. How can you increase your focus on the glory of Jesus? How can you set your sights on Christ? Maybe the start of a new year, it's committing to a daily time of worship, or maybe it's committing to a Bible reading plan. Uh, one of the things that I'm trying to do this year, uh, each morning, is to read scripture before I check my phone uh, so that God can have the first word of the day in my heart. Uh, maybe for you and your family, it's opening dinner with a brief prayer with your kids. Uh, or maybe for you, it's jumping into a community group, uh, which start up here in a few weeks. But what's a new habit that you can start January 2022 to increase your focus on the glory of Jesus. The second question I have for us is who are you going to travel to? Who are you going to travel to? Whose needs can you help meet? Uh, this could be a next door neighbor, it could be a coworker, it could be a friend at the gym, but who's a fellow believer that you could encourage with the grace of God? Or who's someone who's maybe not following Jesus that you could share the gospel with? Maybe consider this week when you're walking your trash can out to the curb, uh, you don't just you know, give that head nod to your neighbor and run back inside, but maybe this could be the week that you talk to them and invite them over for dinner. We're going to close our time uh, like we always do, which is in prayer and through worship of our God. So I'm going to invite uh, the band and prayer team, you can go ahead and come forward. I'd encourage you to use these next moments uh, in prayer or worship and consider coming forward. The men and women up front would love to pray with you. Uh, maybe you're thinking of a friend or a neighbor 
right now that has some serious needs and you just want someone to pray for them or to pray or just to seek wisdom on how you can help them. Maybe there's someone in your life who you just, you so desperately want them to know Jesus and you just like someone to pray with about that. Or maybe if you're experience, uh, experiencing a, a medical ailment right now or sickness, uh, or maybe it's just a, di- a difficult season for you and the holidays are hard uh, and you just need some, some wisdom, our prayer team would love to pray with you about that. So if you would, let's stand now and worship our God Fix our eyes on his glory. And as we leave this place, focus on the needs of others. And if you're willing, you can come forward to the prayer team. Let's worship. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that you feel encouraged. To stay up to date with our current sermon series, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to find more ways to get involved with the Bayou City family, Visit us online at BayouCityFellowship.com or download the Bayou City Fellowship Tomball app to find community in the body of Christ.